0: Thank you so much for joining us today at Our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about Our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com super glad to be back in person with y'all today. We are going to get into our uh, our series to the book of Ephesians. So go ahead and turn there if you have your Bibles uh, or flip there on your phones or if you uh, would like of course we're always going to have the scriptures up here on the screen behind me and so we've been trying to get into this series consistently now for what about six months or so (laughs) and some really good things have interrupted it and uh, I'm glad for every good interruption that we've had but the aim everybody say aim the aim is to stay in this consistently for a while and there will be some other messages we come in and preach along the way outside of Ephesians but we're going to do our best to stick in this letter so if you are there Uh, go ahead and look at the top of chapter 1. We're going to begin there in verse 1 and work our way uh, through, maybe, we'll we'll see if we get to verse 3 today. That's the aim. Uh, It's going to take a while to get through this book. Does it really matter how long we're in it? Answer, no, because we're gonna be in the Bible one way or another. We're gonna be in Ephesians and I'm gonna preach the word of God to y'all. And so um, before I get into this though, let me, say, let me say one other remark just about some of the things going on, um, not just in the church, but in my life. If you're on social media, you are aware uh, of the fact that on Friday, I celebrated my 45th birthday. I made it, 45, halfway there, I guess. Uh, thank y'all for all the text messages. Uh, Facebook Messenger messages Thank you for all all the different ways that you all have blessed me. I really feel very honored to be your pastor and uh, yesterday, actually last night, I was going through returning all of the texts. It took me a while to say thank you thank you, thank you thank you uh, just through text i haven 't even gotten on social media to say thank you to everybody yet, but can I say that thank you' all everyone who, who reached out, thank you for the gifts I feel very, very loved and as I was thinking about uh, my birthday on, on Friday, I was reminded of one word in particular that it was the refrain. It was the word that just repeated through all of your messages, and it was the word blessed. Many of you said, Pastor Scott, I hope you have a blessed birthday, and I did. I really did. I had, I had a great, great, great birthday. I had a great weekend, and it, it was awesome, uh, but, but here, here's the truth. I know what you mean when you say, I hope you have a blessed birthday, but let me help y'all with something. If you're in Jesus, you are more blessed than you even know. Like If you're in relationship with him, you have blessings that you probably don't even know about. Some of them, yes, you do clearly, but today, with the help of the Apostle Paul, we're gonna get into his letter to the Ephesians, and I am going to help you see just how blessed you really are. And so if you're taking notes today, you can write down this title, it's very simple. The title of my message is The Blessing. Everybody say it with me the blessing okay let's lift our hands to heaven let's ask for god's help because without him we can do nothing father in jesus name i pray for the anointing of god the power of god and the revelation of god to be here with us today lord indeed we are a blessed people and i'm asking today that you would take us deeper into that revelation that we would understand who we are and whose we are in Jesus Christ. I pray today for the eyes of our hearts to be enlightened. I pray for breakthrough in the spirit. God, where there has been hardness of heart, where there have been obstacles and obstructions, God, by your spirit today, help us see clearly who you are. Help us see clearly who we are. And Lord, I pray against any and every distraction that would be here in this place. God, help us, God, Come in this place by your spirit. Open up our hearts and minds. And Lord, we thank you Come on, let's lift our hands. We thank you. We stretch our hands to heaven. Come on, just begin to tell him, thank you, God. Come on, in your own words, say, thank you, God. You're awesome, God. Just begin to praise him right now. Come on, y'all, just tell him right now. Praise him for his goodness. Praise him for his kindness. Praise him for every blessing that is yours today. Come on, saints, let him know. Let him know. Come on, let praise erupt in this place. Let him know. Let him know. God, we thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing. And we thank you for what you're getting ready to do in our lives. We are a blessed people, God, because of you, through your Son and the power of the Spirit. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Come on, one more time. Thank him. Come on, put your hands together and thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Because he is that awesome. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone, sit. Amen. All right, Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to start at the very top, Ephesians 1, 1. I'm sorry, i got to take you back to go forward, uh, but let, let's catch up here in, in, our, in our series that we started a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to start here, as mentioned, in verse 1. Let me read a little bit, and let me come out, and then we're going to spend most of our time later in verse 3. But here is what the Apostle Paul uh, says to the Christians in Ephesus, to the churches at Ephesus. Ephesus. Here's here's what he writes. Ephesians 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints, come on, saints, to the saints who are in, you say it with me, in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Verse 2. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. What an opening, huh? What an opening. In this opening, in this greeting, as mentioned a couple weeks ago, Paul makes two things clear, very clear. First of all, he establishes who he is, and then he goes on to remind the Ephesians of who they are. And Paul here calls himself an apostle, an apostolos. An apostle uh, is is an envoy or a, a messenger. Paul writes to let the church, and the churches there know that he is a commissioned messenger of Jesus Christ. Paul was called by Jesus and commissioned by Jesus to preach for Jesus and to write for Jesus. In this case, the letter to the Ephesians. And Paul wants his audience to know that this letter and the content herein, it's, it's not, this is not from just some guy, like some Christian trying to inspire or encourage or challenge a congregation. Paul is not just some guy writing a letter. He is the apostle Paul commissioned by Jesus and every word that he wrote was from God. Can I get a better amen? Amen. It was from God, not just from man. Yes, Paul's a man, but God used Paul as a man to write his very words to these saints In Ephesus. And that's what I I want to remind you of the fact that when I preach the word, when pastors preach the word, there's authority in the word, not not, not because it comes from my lips, but because it comes from God's heart. And, And when the word is preached, we need to lean in because it's not man speaking, it's God speaking. And so as the word goes forth today, I want you to receive it as such, the very words of God. And how many of y'all know the word of God has the power to set the captives free? All right. And so he reminds them first of who he is, but then he goes on to, well, remind them of who they are. And we need this reminder over and over and over again. He writes to them and, and he addresses them as the saints who are in Ephesus. They are the holy ones who live in Ephesus. But as I preached a couple of Sundays ago, saints are those who are are blood-bought, spirit-empowered, those who have been called out of the ways of the world, who have been called into a relationship with Jesus. And because we're in relationship with him, we stand out, or at least we should. We are not better than the world, but we are different from the world. We are the saints. It's not just a few saints over here or there, but all of us, according to the apostle Paul, all of the saints in Ephesus were just that. They were separated. They were set apart. Someone would say, well, Pastor Scott, I'm no saint. And I'm like, well, if you're a Christian, actually you are. Raise your hand if you feel like a saint this morning. Be honest, you like feel like one. Okay. Raise your hand if you don't feel like one. What about the rest of y'all? Y'all just kind of staring at me. All right. Well, listen, how many of y'all know if you're in Christ, he calls you a saint. And if you're in Christ, let me help y'all. It doesn't matter how you feel. What matters is what God says. So we have to learn to live upon that basis of what he says, not how we feel. And when we believe his word, it translates into action in our lives. So we actually live like the people he says we are. Does that make sense? So your beliefs will dictate your behavior every time. Do you believe that about yourself that you're a saint? Well, start with Jesus and what he says. If you believe in him, you've repented of your sins and are repenting of your sins. If you're in relationship with him, then you are a saint of God. Can somebody say amen? He writes to them because he wants the, the churches to know who he is and he wants them to know who they are to remind them of who they are. They are the saints who, check this out, live in Ephesus. Notice, they are in Ephesus, but they're not of Ephesus. And I'm gonna preach this more in a minute. But l- l- let me ask a question that I'm then gonna answer. And I need y'all to, Will y'all lean in. Can I teach y'all for just, I'm not even gonna say how long, cause I'll be wrong, okay? But can, can I teach y'all, can I give y'all context? Say yes, because I'm going to do it anyway. Um, I, I want you to lean and get your, get your pen out, get your note, notepad out, get your phone. Lean in, I'm going to give you some context that will make what we're about to read just poof, explode with meaning and application. So will y'all do that? Yeah. Okay, here, here, here we go. The question is, what is so significant about Ephesus? Well, some of you know this, but Ephesus was an important, extremely important seaport city in the Roman province of Asia, which today would be modern-day Turkey. It was a hugely important city in Paul's day. It was a place of uh, uh, of political influence. It was a place of religious influence. It was a place of economic influence. In Paul's day, the greater city of Ephesus contained around 250,000 people, which is a huge city in ancient times it's a big city even for today but a huge city in Paul's day but most notably you can put them on speaker I'll preach to him <laughs> most notably this city check it out was known for the temple of Artemis everybody say Artemis most notably that's what the city was known for this huge temple that stood in Ephesus. And this temple, as scholars tell us, was four times larger than the Parthenon in Athens. According to an ancient source, it was approximately 400 feet long, 200 feet wide. So that's about, that's over a football field lengths long. Okay, 200 feet wide. And it had over 160 feet high columns that supported it. So we're talking about a massive structure. It was one of the seven ancient wonders of the world right here in Ephesus. But it wasn't just a temple, it was the temple of, of Artemis. Now maybe you're wondering, okay, What does Artemis have to do with anything? Okay, well, Artemis was known as this goddess in ancient culture and she was known for many things in the ancient world. For example, she was the goddess of wild animals. She was the goddess of the hunt. She was the goddess of chastity and childbirth. But locally in Ephesus, this goddess Artemis was primarily known as the goddess of fertility. Let me say it another way. She was the goddess of blessing. She was the goddess of fate, and she was the goddess of fortune. She was the goddess that many looked to for, I said it earlier, Starts with a B, look for the, the blessing, the blessing. Now there are other gods, other goddesses, but this one in particular, this goddess was extremely important in the ancient world. Listen to what one scholar, Clinton Arnold says, about Artemis. Listen carefully. He writes, she was an incredibly powerful deity and would sympathetically use her power on behalf of her devotees. Thus, she was acclaimed queen of heaven, Lord and Savior. She wielded power and authority over heaven, earth, and the underworld. This was especially evident over the various kinds of spirits that people feared. Astral spirits, underworld spirits, and terrestrial spirits. Notice this. She could break the chains of fate, protect people from various kinds of tormenting spirits, and defend people against spirits coming to bring injury, sickness, plague, and harm. Are y'all getting the picture? She was a very important goddess, I think it's safe to say that she was perceived as the source of blessing and good fortune for those who worshiped her. So you can't really study, or at least you shouldn't study Paul's letter to the Ephesians without understanding something about what's going on in Ephesus. Does that make sense? What's going on in Ephesus when Paul wrote? Well, there was what we call gross idolatry taking place that many, a great many there in the city, look to Artemis, instead of looking to the true living God, they look to Artemis as their source of blessing. Are y'all tracking? And, and, And the worship of Artemis grew to such an extent that, well, there was actually a financial blessing wrapped up in that worship. For example, some of the locals in Ephesus, they made a living And not just a living, but they made a killing off uh, constructing silver shrines, that is silver statues of Artemis. And local businessmen would produce these shrines, people would purchase them, take them to their homes, and use in their devotion, in their worship to this false goddess. Now, if you recall back in Acts chapter 19, I preached this passage months ago. Let me take you back there for just a minute. Listen to what Luke tells us about what happened in Ephesus. Okay, here, this is years before, probably five to seven years before Paul writes to the Ephesians, but here, here's what happened. Acts 19, beginning in verse 23. Paul says, or excuse me, Luke says, about that time there arose no little disturbance concerning the way. For a man named Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver shrines of Artemis brought no little business to the craftsmen. You know what that means. There's a lot of business. These he gathered together with workmen in similar trades and said, men, you know that from this business, we have our what? Say it again, our, keep that, keep that in your head. And you see in here that not only in Ephesus, but in almost all of Asia, I love the language here, this Paul, He's not happy. He says, This Paul, not just any Paul, but this Paul, has persuaded and turned away a great many people, saying that gods made with human hands are not gods. And there is danger not only that this trade of ours may come into disrepute, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis may be counted as what? Nothing. And that she may be even deposed from her magnificence. She finishes with me, whom all Asia and the world what are are you getting the picture this is a big deal okay Artemis worship was the thing selling shrines to Artemis was the thing and Demetrius here is ticked off because well his business began to suffer why because this man named Paul had the audacity to step into culture and to preach the one true living God. And basically, we don't know everything he said, but Paul called out all of the false gods, saying, that God is no God, that goddess is no God. He, I'm sure he went down the list and his aim was to show them that what they were doing was 100% futile, a total waste of time. Because how many of of y'all know true blessings cannot come from counterfeit gods? Let me say it again. True blessing cannot come from counterfeit gods. False gods, and I'm talking about ours as well, so don't just think the Ephesians. Think about all the things you place your trust in that are not God. False gods make false promises that they can't keep, of course, because they're what? They're false, they don't exist. They might live in in the form of a statue or a shrine, but there's no power in their idols. There's no power in our idols. When are we gonna get this? There is no power. The world that you live in is made by God, but the things in your life, the good things in your life cannot save you. The good things in your life that are blessings in many cases from God are not your savior, God is. Christ Jesus is your only savior. And listen, there's nothing wrong with having material things, right? You're sitting in a nice material thing today, you're welcome, you have nice cushioned seats, because of your generosity, you're not sitting on rocks. How many of y'all thank God for the material world you live in, the blessings of it? If you've got money, there's nothing wrong with having money. You just have to make sure that your money and your material things don't have you. And it's so easy to let them have us, to get our time and our devotion. And we don't bow down to call those things God, but sometimes we live like it, don't we? Don't we? Paul called them out because he loved those people. He wasn't angry at the people per se. It was that he really loved the people of Ephesus. He really wanted them to know that true joy and true satisfaction, that true life and true blessing is found exclusively in God and his son, Jesus Christ. And how many of y'all know that's the most loving thing we can tell the world? Let me say it again. How many of y'all know that's the most loving thing we can tell the world? The idols that y'all are bowing down to cannot save. They'll leave you dry and empty. Come, drink from the well named Jesus Christ. Drink from him and he will satisfy you. Come on, how many of y'all have tasted and seen that the Lord is good? How many of y'all have seen you worshiped idols, but you forsook them to serve the living God? And you can say to people, it's not just a message, it's your life. You've been delivered from drugs. You've been delivered from alcoholism. You've been delivered from the things of this world that had a stranglehold on you. Am I preaching to anybody? Has anybody been set free? Why are y'all just looking at me like it hasn't happened to you? Listen to me. He set you free. Paul preached in such a way that set people free. And that's the only type of preaching I'm going to listen to the type that centered on Christ and his power and his gospel, because that is what sets you free. And the result was that many people believed Paul and they turned from their idolatry. That they're like, oh, yeah. I mean, perhaps they were oblivious to the obvious. But after Paul preached, oh, these idols can't save us. They forsook them clung to Jesus, check it out, and what was the result? Well, I said it earlier, Demetrius and the local business owners, they lost, they lost revenue because a great many stopped buying those shrines. And because they stopped buying the shrines well, Demetrius and the others, they're worried, like, where is our money going to come from? This Paul, he's taken our business from us. How many of y'all know when revival truly comes to a person, to a church, to a community, yea, a nation, how many of y'all know that ungodly industries will suffer greatly? I look forward to the day, let me just say it, when the porn industry suffers greatly because of our bold preaching and living. When we, be, when we become who God says we are, the saints who are separated from the sin in the world called not to be perfect, but different. When we get that, when America gets that, let's just start with the porn industry. I long for the day when they no longer make the billions that they're making because we're enslaved to the sin that they produce and the temptations that they produce. Are y'all with me today? When ungodly businesses suffer, then you've got a revival on your hands. Do I want people to personally suffer? Of course not. But listen. When God shows up in a person, when God breaks you free, you get new appetites, don't you? You have new desires. It doesn't mean that you don't have temptations, of course you do. But God gives you the power to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, to live upright, self-controlled lives in this present age. Yeah. Y'all, I'm preaching my heart out here. Are y'all getting this? Jesus will set you free so that you become functionally a saint. Not perfect, but different. Listen to me, there are entire industries that are getting rich because of people's slavery to sin. There are industries that are counting on our idolatry and they're counting the money while they're counting on us to be dependent upon them. But when God moves in our hearts supernaturally by his spirit, he gives you new taste buds, doesn't he? You want new things. You want what he wants. And if you don't, I'm not trying to be harsh, you need to check your spiritual pulse to see if you're really born again. Because a true born again child of God cannot consistently crave the things of the world. You might step in darkness, but as a child of God, you will not walk perpetually in the darkness because you've been translated out of darkness into the son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins and a brand new life. Are y'all with me? Am I preaching good to y'all? Paul, it's Paul preaching to y'all. This is Paul and the story with so much truth. So check it out. They lived in Ephesus, but because of Paul's preaching, they were no longer of Ephesus. Does that make sense? In it, but not of it. How many of y'all know y'all are, y'all are in it? Y'all are in the city. And we live in a great city, don't we? My only complaint against Lafayette is this. In traffic, people go when they should stop and they stop when they should go. I got, there's a whole sermon right there that I'm not gonna preach because I want my job. I wanna c- continue pastoring here in Midtown. Anyway, um, they no longer because of Paul's preaching and because of God's work within them. They no longer sought the blessing in the temple. They didn't seek the blessing any longer in Artemis, but they found the blessing where it's been all along. Where? In, everybody say in. In relationship with Jesus. And so, five to seven years later, Paul, he writes to the, Ephesians, to remind them of where the true blessing comes from and what the true blessing consists of. So we made it to verse three, praise God. Uh, y- y'all were worried, huh? Let me keep reading, check it out. Y'all, there's so much truth. I told y'all, this is gonna be like a series with every verse, we're gonna just like a sponge. We're gonna wring all the water out like, a, like ribs. We're gonna eat all the meat that we can off the boat. I don't want you to be sick, but let's, let's go. Verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, say it with me, in what, in whom? In Christ, with every what? Spiritual blessing, where? Not in the temple, but in, not in Artemis worship, but in Christ, in heavenly places. So, so, so awesome, so straightforward here. Now, this is a prayer in which Paul blesses God the Father. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be. Now, when we think of blessing someone, what do we think about? We think of something nice that we do for someone. I think of the nice things that you did for me on Friday. And by the way, my my birthday was Friday, but the man of God will still receive gifts on Sunday. Somebody (laughs) say amen. So listen, (laughs) I'm I'm teasing. Kinda. No, actually, I'm saying... (laughs) But check it out, check it out. We think of blessing someone, we think of of giving them something nice, right? Here's a gift card. Go get a coffee, go get a meal. We think of doing something nice. Is that what y'all think about when you bless someone? Here Paul, he writes, Blessed be, and he gets real specific, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ. So Paul knew there was nothing from the physical world that he could take to God and give to God that God didn't already own, right? Like, what are you gonna give to God, like, really? Like, what can you take to him that he doesn't already have or that he didn't create, right? But there was something that Paul could take to God. There's something that Paul did take to God, and that was praise. So if you will circle blessed be, In your Bible or in your notes, write that out to the side. That's just a way of saying, praise be to God the Father. Paul is giving God praise for who he is and for what he's done. So we can read it this way. Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be. And notice this. When he does this, I'm teaching y'all. This is... Paul reminding himself and his audience that God is the benefactor and that they are the beneficiaries. How many of y'all know we gotta get that right? God is the source. We are the recipients of the blessing. And there's nothing in this physical world per se that we can take to God that he doesn't already have, but there is one thing that God deserves and that is your praise for who he is and for what he's done. Does that make sense? When you praise him and you say, blessed be your name, God, blessed be your name, Christ, you are repositioning yourself to remind yourself that self is not the source, God is the source. Someone said, I'm a self-made success. And I look back and I say, if you're in Christ, you're a blood bought miracle. Don't ever saints forget where your help comes from. Yes, you work hard. You do what you're called to do. But without God, Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. Don't ever forget the source. Paul is reminding himself. He's reminding them of the source. God is the source. Praise, write this down. Praise puts us in our place. We are eternal beneficiaries of the grace and the mercy of God. Forever. Are y'all tracking? So, let me, let me say this a different way. Paul, I think, is saying it this way. Blessed be the God who has blessed us. Now, let me give you the Scott Adams translation. I'm not trying to improve upon Paul. This is just how I would say it. We are the blessed ones, or say it this way. We are the, how about this? Blessed ones who bless the blesser for the blessings in our lives. Let me say it again. We are, are y'all blessed? Yeah. Then you are the blessed ones who by virtue of your calling are called to bless the blesser for the blessings in your life. Yeah. Does, does, that, does that job with y'all? Are y'all yeah. picking up on am laying down? That's what he's doing. That's what he's saying. Blessed be this great God that we serve. And the question is, what is he praising God for exactly? For the fact that God has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. In the heavenly places. Let me say it again. Not in the temple. Not in Artemis. Not in magic, which was a big thing in Ephesus in the first century. People were using magic to get good fortune and to get good health. Paul is saying every good blessing, every blessing from God, it's not found in magic books or in those things. It's in relationship with Christ. Man, we need to hear that today, don't we? Because if we're not careful, we can place our trust in so many things, even some good things, that if we're not careful, become God things in our lives. Don't we have to be careful? Do y'all have to be careful? I do. So here's kind of how it works. He's saying the blessing comes from God, the Father. The blessing is given in our relationship with Jesus. And the blessing is spiritual in nature, and it's from heavenly, notice the the language here, from where? Heavenly, what? Let me say it a different way. God is the source. In relationship with Jesus is the space. And heaven is the place from where the blessings come. But here's the amazing thing. We're on earth, but we live as recipients of blessings from another world. We're here below, but we're blessed from above. And we're blessed because of the blessings from above because of the God-man who came from heaven to the earth here below to bring us up to where his God is. How many of y'all know God came down so we can be lifted up. And though we're on the earth, we live like we're above. That's why Paul says in Ephesians, set your mind on heavenly things, not on earthly things, because it's in heaven where your ultimate blessing is. But we have a foretaste now with a blessing because the Holy Spirit's in us and because we're in relationship with Jesus Christ. So when I say we are blessed, that's what I mean. And you're not blessed just on your birthday. You're blessed, gosh, I'm excited. You're blessed in relationship with Jesus come on y'all can do better than that that is the greatest truth you'll ever hear thank you man of God so so check this out I got to get out of my introduction check this out I'm teasing I'm teasing we're making good progress check this out y'all God is the source Jesus is the relational space and heaven is the place can I get dorky on y'all for like 30 seconds you all remember learning about prepositions in school raise your hand if you remember that for some of y'all, that was a long time ago. Just to refresh your memory, don't y'all move. A preposition is a noun or pronoun, y'all remember this, that expresses a relationship to another word or element. You remember that? Y'all knew that, right? Words like through, everybody say through. Around, in, by, before. Y'all remember those words? We read them every, you know, every day. We use them every day. Um, This opening chapter is filled with prepositions of power. What I mean by that is Paul uses prepositions to show the relationship between us and the blessing. Does that make sense? So let me see if I can do it this way. Um, In Jesus' day and today, and today of course, Jesus would preach then, Jesus is preached now. And some people, you know, they hear, and they encounter Jesus, but instead of repenting and believing and remaining in him, what do they do? They they use a preposition. They go around him, right? It happened in the first century. God was in town. If you wanna meet with God, go sit at the feet of Jesus. But because of the stubbornness and the hardness of heart, people saw him and they would go around him. Some people would run from him. Oh, but then there were some who would actually go to him only to get the temporal blessing of eyes open, ears unstopped, which by the way, if you've been blind or deaf is a great miracle and blessing in your life if Jesus heals you, amen? But even, even, even when some didn't remain in him, he, watch, because he's so good and he's so merciful, he still did a miracle for them. But today, and maybe I'm positive this has happened here. I'll be up preaching, Pastor David will be up preaching, our hearts out, preaching Jesus. And you have, you have the choice to go to Jesus in a relationship with him and remain in him, or or maybe your mind is on other things. Uh, I, I asked Kelly this the other day, just refreshed refresh my memory. And, and I was right about this. Back in Scottsdale, Arizona, years ago, I was preaching, at least I thought it was good. Um, I was preaching up a storm and I was preaching on having a renewed mind. And, and I asked the group and it wasn't a real big group, probably about this size, just y'all, not y'all, but y'all. And I said, I said, man, there's so many strongholds that develop in our minds. Like so many things that distract us from the gospel. And I said, and I didn't expect an answer out loud, but I said, like right now, it's like me saying to y'all, like right now, like, what are you thinking about? And you gotta be careful what you ask for in a service. (laughs) This lady on the back row, she goes, and she had her eyes closed and she goes, Popeyes. (laughs) And I'm like, exactly. The devil will use good chicken to keep us from focusing on the lamb. It wasn't in my notes, I, I, there, that's free, take it or leave it. <laughs> and in that moment, it's like, okay, Jesus is preached, Jesus is presented, and so many people go to him momentarily. Many people go around him and keep moving perpetually and just maybe come by Jesus to get a high five and a blessing along the way, but there's no desire for relationship with him and in him. Does that make sense? Does that convict anybody? We can just use him. If you just love Jesus because he makes your marriage better, that's idolatry. If you use Jesus and you get principles from preaching because it makes your business better, that's idolatry. If you use Jesus and follow influencers and they sprinkle a little Jesus in their gumbo and and you use a little Jesus in your mix to make your life better, just for that, that's just using him. Because see, biblically defined, we are called to be in relationship with him first because he's worthy of that. And he is our great reward. He is our prize. He is our treasure. God doesn't want just Those who pass by, high fives around. He doesn't want those who just come momentarily too. He's looking for disciples who will follow him and be in him no matter what life brings. (laughs) Does that make sense? Pick up your cross and follow me. So what happens if we think we're in him and the blessing stops coming, where are you gonna go? Well, we see it in the Bible. They no longer followed him. That's a great test If if your temporal life and your perception is not being blessed that will test your allegiance to christ let me ask you a question are you in your relationship for jesus yes. for the long haul yes. because he is god and because he's worthy answer you don't have to answer all out loud, just think are you in relationship with him because he commands you to repent and forsake your idolatry to come to him, the source of all true living water to find life. Something we have to wrestle with. True blessing is found in him. Sit, sitting at his feet. Following him because he's worthy. Worthy. Oh, God, you are, Jesus, you are so worthy. Priceless. Priceless. Matchless, beautiful, glorious, sp- in all your splendor and your white hot glory. Help us to see you, Jesus, for who you are. And when you're in a relationship with Him, how many of y'all know there are benefits from that? Friendship with benefits. He heals us, He sets us free, He gives us joy. Like you can't be in Him and not experience blessing from Him. Does that make sense? I'm talking about the priority and the reason that you do what you do. There's a whole message on prepositions right there. Let me begin to wrap up. Paul says that spiritual blessings are found in him, not around him, but we run to him and there we find those blessings in him. Let me ask you the question and then answer it. What what are spiritual blessings? What What are those? Well, I believe they are blessings imparted to us by the Holy Spirit that enrich our spirit. Let me give you an overview of the passages that I'm gonna take one of the, each of these one by one for the next like five or six weeks and preach like a man from another planet on each of these. We'll get through chapter one by like May or something. I don't know, When it, who cares? Watch this, Ephesians 1, 4. Do you wanna know what your blessings consist of? Do y'all wanna know? Yeah. Paul says, blessed be, And then he gives us all the reasons why we should bless him. He says in verse four, even as he chose us in, in whom? In him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before. Oh, man. Ephesians 1, 4 through 6, in love he predestined us for adoption. We heard about adoption earlier. We've been adopted into the family of God. For adoption to himself as sons, and I can add daughters through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, not mine, but his, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Are y'all with me? Ephesians 1, 7 and 8, "In, in whom? In him we have what? redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which, listen to this language, this is, this is so good, which he lavished upon us. He didn't just give it, he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. Ephesians 1, 11 and 12, in him we have obtained an inheritance. Having been predestined, it's predestination in the Bible, it's everywhere. According to the purpose of him who works all things, according to the counsel of whose will? So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his his, whose glory? Yours, right? No, his glory. Finally, Ephesians 1 13 and 14. There it is again. In whom? In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him were sealed. Signed, sealed, and delivered. I'm yours. Sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Now, I can't read minds, but I can read patterns. Y'all see a pattern there? The blessing is defined by God. It's found in Jesus Christ. It comes from heavenly places, and it is yours forever. So, we can summarize this way. We are. We make it personal. Make it personal because Paul's, yes, he's addressing a body, but a body of believers is made up of just that, individual believers. We are the chosen, holy, blameless, predestined, adopted, redeemed, forgiven heirs of an eternal inheritance. This is what we have. And when you get this, it really powerfully and practically changes everything in your life. The way that you perceive and work through letdowns in this life. When the temporal blessing doesn't come, these truths anchor you in heaven. The blessings of heaven ground you here in the earth. Because Lord, if you never did another thing for me, oh God, you've already done too much. The Spirit, Paul says, living in us is the down payment of God's promises. We are sealed with the Spirit. That means we are protected by the Spirit. We are marked by the Spirit. And raise your hand if the Holy Spirit lives within you, you're sure of that by faith? The Spirit in us is the down payment of what's to come. So raise your hand if you you sense by faith heaven living inside of you. God himself by the Spirit living in, in, in you. You feel it. I mean, it's not primarily about our feelings, but if by faith you've received the Holy Spirit, there will be a feeling there. Not all the time, but you will know. Existentially, you will know God lives in you. And that feeling, and that truth that you behold by faith, that's the down payment that as you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, when things don't go your way in this life, the Holy Spirit in you is a reminder of the promises of the next life. So we're on earth, but we live as those rich people who live in heaven. We don't live as those who are spiritually poor. And I know Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. I'm not talking about that type. We live as those who understand that we have the promises of God and they're all yes and amen. And no matter what happens in this life, we have an inheritance waiting for us and part of it has been imparted by the Spirit in their spiritual blessings that empower us to walk through the challenges of this world. But the only way to access the blessing, the only way to access all the blessings is by being in relationship with Jesus, not just in church. Did you know you can be in church on a regular basis but not be in relationship with Jesus? Dear heavens, that's scary. Because you can be deceived and think, oh, but I was at church Sunday. And see, I grew up in a culture in Nashville, Tennessee, where that, that was the facade, but I was in church. But are you in relationship with Jesus? By the way, if you walked in today as an unbeliever and you're not in a relationship with Jesus, if you're here, I am so thankful that you're here. I'm very thankful you're here. But we have to make sure that we're not just in a building. Father, bless me, okay. The Father has blessed you through Jesus Christ. That's who we are. We're the blessed people of God. And if you're in relationship with him, you have direct access to blessings from another world. And listen carefully. Nothing on earth can take your blessing because no one and nothing on earth gave you the blessing. It's not from below, it's from above. Can I get a better amen? It's not from down here, it's from there. Stored up, waiting for you. So, let me conclude with this. Let me use some prepositions. So, because of everything I've just said in the last... I've been preaching a long time, 50 minutes, I guess, whatever. Nothing around you, nothing behind you in your past, nothing before you in the present, nothing before you in the future can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. If you're in Him, there's no past sin too great, no future challenge too enormous. If you're in Him, then you are secure in the eternal recipient of every blessing that God has to give. (laughs) And if that doesn't light your fire, your wood is soaking wet. Does that make sense? Does that make sense, my friends to the left? Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Does that make sense? But I've got this horrible past. I do too. But I've got all these big concerns about the future. If I let myself go there, I will too. No one around you, no one and nothing behind you or before you can keep you from what God has for you. So, the saints, they lived in Ephesus, but their real address was in Christ. You live perhaps in Lafayette, but your real address is in Christ. You're in Him. So, we're Americans, aren't we? Yes. Proud to be an American. Come on, Lee Greenwood. I am, and and the country has all kinds of problems, obviously. At the end of the day, my fidelity and my allegiance is not first to America, it's to the one seated on the throne and to the lamb. And to him be blessing, honor, glory, and power forever. Let me ask you a question. Are you in Jesus? in relationship with Him. I know you're in church, and I'm really glad you're here. I'm really, really glad you're here. But are you in, are you in truly, like truly in Him? Because see, we all have this universal problem. All of us, without exception, are born into this world in Adam. And because of that, we're naughty by nature, aren't we? We're all born in Adam, but we've become born again by the spirit into relationship with Jesus, right? People talk about the real you, the real you. And I get authenticity is a superpower. I get it. I'm not gonna get up and be fake. That doesn't help anybody. But in this new year, don't make trying to be the real you the aim. This year, by the power of the gospel and by the power of the Holy Spirit, seek to become the redeemed you. The ruined you is found in Adam. Thanks, Adam. The redeemed you is found in the second Adam, the last Adam, in his name, his big, awesome, glorious name. Jesus Christ. Give him praise because he's worthy of it. We thank you, Lord. And so when we become born again from above, we now, when that happens, we have access to the blessings that are above and before. Come on, lift your hands with me. Lord, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your word to us today through Paul. Come on, lift your hands right now. I'm gonna close with this. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you are here today with us through the preaching of the word. Thank you, God. You are, you are helping us relocate. You're giving new zip codes. You're giving new addresses. Lord, thank you that you are moving our minds from being set on earthly things to being set on heavenly things. Lord, thank you for what you're doing right I sense your work in this place. And God, thank you for who we are. We are the redeemed saints of God if we're in Christ. But put your hands down for just a minute. Keep your eyes closed. I wanna give you an opportunity. If you came in here today, but if you were to be honest and say, but I'm not really in relationship with Jesus. I'm just not. First of all, know that I'm so glad you're here, but I don't want you to leave being outside of Christ because that means you're outside of eternal life. I want you to leave today being in Him having all the the promises that are found through him. And I want that to be yours today. I want you to be born again. I want you to have a relationship with Jesus. I want you to have that relationship with the father Jesus died to provide. And so with every eye closed, every head bowed, if you're here today and say, Pastor Scott, I want to be in him. I want to be in in relationship with Jesus. I know I'm not good enough. I know there's nothing I could do to earn it, but I just, I want to receive the grace and the mercy of God. And I want that relationship today. Well, you can have it. By faith, by faith. If you're here, you say, "Pastor God, I want that. I've been in church, I've been in religion, I've been in, 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 but I wanna be in him today. On the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now that you say, I wanna be in, 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 in him. I've been outside of him, I wanna want be in him. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for responding to the gospel. Thank you. And put your hands down. Come on Midtown. Let's do this to support everyone who, who raised their hand. A raised hand is a sign of a surrendered heart. But right now in, in God's presence, I want you to take this moment very seriously. Those of you who raise your hand, this is, this is a definitive moment where you pass from death to life, darkness to light. And I'm gonna give you a prayer to pray. We're gonna say it with you. We're gonna confess as we should our dependence upon Jesus. We're gonna confess our need to repent. We're gonna confess our dependence and our fidelity to him. And so we're gonna say this prayer together. The prayer doesn't save you. It's not magic. Jesus saves you. But we're gonna say this together in Midtown. If you've already become a born again, spirit and dwell believer, I want you to say it again like it was the first time. I want you to say it boldly and with confidence with all who had their hands up. Come on, y'all, say this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God and I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame and my guilt and you died for me. Say this, I believe that you rose from death to give me a place in heaven, purpose on earth in relationship with your father. Say this boldly. Today, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I repent of my sin and I turn to you and I commit to follow you no matter what it costs me. And I declare that God is my father. Jesus, you are my savior. Holy Spirit, you are my helper. And heaven is now my home. And it's in Jesus' incredible name, everyone said, with a big, loud voice. Come on. Amen.